You're listening to Long Short Radio, brought to you by Landshark Education. We're taking you behind the scenes of real traders and entrepreneurs from around the world, talking all things money and markets. All right, so what's going on, guys? This is Dan here at Landshark Education. This is going to be one of our first, it is the first podcast we're going to do for Long Short Radio that we're going to start. It's going to be a weekly series. I think we're going to try and do uh, whether it's with a special guest or myself, hopefully it's with a guest. And, and what I want, what I want this to be on long, short radio is basically discussing not only trading and investing, but entrepreneurism, real estate, all things kind of, uh, running your own business. So I'm here with Sean Bondawat, the CEO and president of Jacob Bromwell, uh, also a real estate investor. Uh, he was on the long, short show on money radio. We're going to kind of continue our discussion and see where this podcast goes. Um, and we'll upload this as we go through this, but yeah, I want to thank you for being in the podcast crew. Thanks for having me. So yeah, first podcast. Um, I think on the show we talked about a lot was, and I think it's interesting. I want to talk about it here is I want to talk about what it means to be an entrepreneur. Now, obviously I want this podcast to be pretty free and I want to be un- unhinged right now. Obviously like when you and I talk about business, we're not in the public eye. It gets a little crazy. It's funny the way we talk about things. I don't want to go that far, you know, but I do want to talk about it from the perspective and start laying ideas out because it seems like today everybody and their mothers is an entrepreneur, right? I mean, right, you look at right. Instagram and like yeah. everybody's like bios, like, you know, I, I own this company and I don't know. I think it's just interesting to see that these days. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there, right? Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, when we started, and I'm not saying we're the only ones, but I think it's interesting. I, I, let's talk about this and let's go back and let's give kind of a refresher and talk about who we are. I think that's a good place to start. This is so I'm 32 now. What are you, 31? 30. Okay, so you're a little bit younger. That's why I'm smarter, but I get it. So, <laughs> so anyway, so, so we started, I, I think, pretty young, right? So I'll, I'll give my background. And I think you're, you're interesting too. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Is, when did I get my start as an entrepreneur? I think it's interesting because I'll talk about yours is. So I started, yeah, I think you know this story. I think you started when you were like eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eight years old. So, so those of you guys that don't know, this is a cool backstory, right? So every summer, me and my family, we used to go to Coronado Island, right? So it was like a one or two week trip. We'd go to stay at Hotel Dell. It was kind of a cool thing. And so the deal was we'd go there to Six Flags, Magic Mountain, all this stuff. The deal was, you know, my parents and uncle and everybody they were smart about this was we'll take you on the trip but you've got to come with your own money to buy things and so the way i did it was we used to have a fig tree in our backyard um which my mom hated because we built a tree house and it would kill it she hated that but we had a fig tree we had a pomegranate tree we had an orange tree we had walnuts and then the neighbors had i forgot what else but the neighbor she was nice so i would take her so anyway what i would do is i would go and take all of the fruit I put them in bags and I would take a, a wagon and walk door to door. Thank God it was still like safe, safe back in the day. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah. So that's what I would do. And I would sell. And of course, you know, an eight year old kid comes up and they're like, who's not going to buy. Yeah. Who's not going to buy. Yeah. So they'd give me five bucks, eight bucks, 10 bucks. And that's kind of how I made money. And then what I did is I parlayed that money and we started selling tea on the corner of the street. So that's kind of my start being an entrepreneur. So you young. took you took profits and reinvested in other products and made more profits. Yeah. So that's that's like the next level of entrepreneurship. It's like 
Yeah. You know, so now see so if my parents were smart, like parents are today, what do they call them? Momagers, right? Like, you know, if I had like a Kardashian family, they would maybe a star when I was young. They should have had me write a book at like age 10. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, that's how I kind of got my start is, is through there. It's always, it's always been a business mind. So I think that's kind of a cool background. Let, let's start with that. So where did, where did you start at? So, yeah, I wasn't quite eight. I, I want to say I was like maybe 11 or 12. It was, it was the quintessential lemonade stand story. I wish it were cooler, but it was the lemonade stand. Um, and it was the first, very, very first time that I made money doing something. And it was like, like the coolest feeling ever. I think it was probably only like 20 or $30, but Wait, was this PV lemonade stand? Uh, this was, um, I was in second or third grade, but, um, maybe I was younger than that, but I, I don't know. I was definitely second or third grade and, um, me and my buddy Alex. So it was a cool feeling to like, I just remember having that cash in my hand and feeling like I was like the coolest kid alive, even though you know, it really wasn't all that much money, but it was a great feeling. Yeah, how cool is it when you were like 8, 10, 12, get like 20 bucks and you thought it was awesome. the world, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's crazy how that changes today, even yeah. in all the trading, you know? And I think I was telling you this, and I wrote a blog on it, is it's interesting when I first started, I was like, oh, you know, you make 500 bucks and you feel crazy. Then you start making like, it sounds wild, but like five or 10,000 or 20 or $30,000. And you're like, oh, it's like, right. so it almost seems like it's never enough. It's interesting to see that journey, you know? Right. So, yeah, so that's kind of your start, huh? Yeah, that was... So what about high school? So obviously, for those of you who don't know, didn't miss a radio show, Sean went to USC, um, pretty accomplished, actually. I mean, you were the president of the business fraternity, right? Yep. Um, you did a lot of other cool things, too. Leave a, your resume is pretty... I mean, not to... I mean, no, there were a few different student organizations and stuff. I, I was pretty involved. Um, I just enjoyed it, so... Yeah, so you did quite uh, a few things. Yeah, no, I had a few different... Um, internet companies that I started up while I was a student. So, yeah. So let's talk about that. So let's, so we've talked about our transition. That's where we started. So heading into college freshman year, um, I think, well, even before then I'll tell a story. I we used to work for those of you guys know, there's a company, I don't know if they're around, they used to be called played against sports. They had one in Phoenix. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. So I worked, I think they paid me like $7 an hour, but I, the owner was a friend of ours. And He's like, you know, I'm not like, sometimes we, we had too many golf clubs, so we couldn't sell them. So he's like, yeah, we can't afford to buy these today. So it, he says, look, you can buy it from our clients. So all the money I'd saved up during the years, what I would do is a client would, or not a client, but somebody was like, Hey, I want to sell these clubs. And we're like, hey, we are inventories too deep. Like we're just not going to pay for them. So I'd say, Hey, look, I'll give you the money for them. So I'd buy like crazy good golf clubs for like 200 bucks, 300 bucks, whatever it was. And then I'd go to the local golf courses and I'd put a sign and I'd make like 200%. So and that's entrepreneurship at its best. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So now what I want to talk about with this is, and this is interesting because they talked to me about on the radio show was I had this professor from uh, UC Berkeley come on and he's like, he's like, I'm going to throw you a layup question. He goes, where did you learn more? Was it college or doing it yourself? Now, obviously you went to one of the best schools in arguably the world and I don't want to knock it, but where do you think, and I know the answer to this, but for those who don't, where did you learn more? Was it school or, or, or starting running business? College, baby. I'm just kidding. Definitely not. No, honestly, um, I think, I mean, for me, I think like going to USC gave me a lot of confidence, just like ego boost and confidence that you think you know what you're doing. But in reality, it taught me, it taught me very, very little about um, 
business. And I would say 99% or more of what I know came from uh, learning on the field. Yeah, no question. Right? Yeah, no question. Yeah. I mean, there's so, a lot. So let's let's go back and backtrack all the companies that we've attempted to start. Going back to this like entrepreneurship thing, obviously right now in like 2017, 18, it's so popular to be a entrepreneur. I mean, I mean, I think Instagram has helped this, right? Because like, I mean, you, I mean, it's, it's crazy to see people now how the shift in running a business started because, you know, back then, like I didn't really party a lot. Right. I don't I mean, we here and there, whatever we did our thing, right, right, right. but we were so business oriented, which is crazy to look back on now. And now as I've gotten older, it just seems like more, it seems like everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. You know, but so let's yeah. start, let's start. So what I, after, I'll get some more backstories. I really don't talk about myself a lot. It's a worthy thing to do. I don't really like to open my private life up too big, but so, and I'll, you can talk about it if you want, but I'll talk about when I was at Arizona state university, you know, this, the first two years I was trying to get into finance to go invest in banking. So I worked at Charles Schwab for those who don't know, um, background I was 20 years old, one of the youngest hires. Um, so I was trying to learn the market. So all of you who are always asking where do I start in the markets or people, that you see that like, you know, we get trolls in our YouTube videos. I literally have been at this for 12 years. So before like you had all these, like you don't know the names and I'm not going to mention them on the show, but we have like all these in our industry, all these like fake trading gurus now. Mm-hmm. And they've all come in and these guys have been in for like two years and they have like massive followers. So I literally been doing this before it was like popular because it was like a business. So, and I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying it's interesting to see, where I've taken it versus the business side of the company now to where I didn't even realize education side was prevalent. Cause you know, for me, I, 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 if I was smarter back in college, looking at this now, I would have started this company, but, I, but yeah, but that back then too, you know what I wouldn't have learned. I wouldn't have learned what I learned working at the funds. Right. I, I couldn't have managed a size money. So there is a, right. a plus and minus to that. I think is interesting. But going back to it and we'll talk about the companies one of you and I worked on together, but, for those of you who don't know, I started my first company, I was 20, we're legitimate first 21 years old. It was a printing company that's still around today called Printductions. So basically it's a print company where we do direct mail and printing for real estate agents and a lot of people. Uh, you were there for the, actually printed for USC. Remember? Yeah, you did. You yeah. did a few different things, actually. Yeah. So, I think I, didn't I speak for Havica? I, I think you, yeah, no, you did. Yeah, actually, I think it was a, it was a like a webinar. Yeah. When I spoke to students, I remember that. Yeah. That's interesting too. It's like a lot of the students are like, well, how did you start this? Yeah. They were and fascinated. Fa- I'm telling I you. Mean, yeah. Because it, it's, it's, they were legitimately fascinated because I was their age. Yeah. And yeah. And it's hard. And I'll right. tell you guys this, like those of you trying to figure out the world of investing or like anything, the way I learned in that, in that printing business is I was around other business owners. I was like an executive suite before executive suites were popular. And I would talk to these guys and girls that were older than me and I would learn from them. Like that's the best way. So going back to training them. And again, I, I really don't want to make this podcast like too much of a pitch for the land truck education side, but I'm telling you legitimately the best way to learn something is if you're around a community of people that know or the same mindset, right? And in, in our community, it's 24 seven with all these students around the world. It's literally the best way you can possibly learn. Yeah. So yeah, that was my first business, obviously. Your first business, I mean, you've had a few. I mean, let's we can talk about rate my rate my professor was cool. No, yeah, I wish it were. It was a rate my fraternities. And oh, sorry, right, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was modeled after rate my professors. Um, essentially, taking the same concept but applying it to Greek life. 
moderately successful. I mean, I, I think it was just, uh, I didn't realize at the time how the challenges behind that business. Um, I think I was a little bit mesmerized with the idea of starting a company, but it was, it was moderately successful and ended up selling it to the founder of rate. My professors, he, he acquired it. Uh, so that was, that was kind of cool. Yeah. So rate, rate my professor.com was a site for those of you. Yeah. That was cool. We messed around with some ideas on that. Yep. But yeah, that was kind of a cool idea. You've had a few others too that we've tested. A few other little small, small things that I've done over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously now Jacob Rommel is running pretty heavily. You're heavily invested in real estate. Yeah. You got another acquisition at a company you just purchased. We're looking at a few more online things. Um, you're getting into options trading. But yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, to, to tell me, I guess the next way I w- where I want to take the podcast here is where did you get the start or why entrepreneurism? Because you've really never worked for anybody. Yeah, so I've had, um, the closest thing I've had to having a traditional job is in, I've had two internships, um, both of which were unpaid during college. And uh, I did it because I wanted to have um, an ex- the closest experience I could to working in a large company uh, and, and experiencing what it's like to not have freedom over your life, really. <laughs> and I wanted to just to get a taste of it. And I'm, I'm really glad I did because I, I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. And I was just wait, counting the days for those internships to end. So, yeah, for me, it's really just a, it's about like personal freedom and, uh, you know, financial freedom, personal freedom and, uh, freedom over your time and your life and how you, you know, what you do and then how you spend it. So, yeah. So you and I have talked about that before and I think it's real important is, you know, and I, I left like the institutional world of investing, right. Where, and I had another offer after 2014 working at the last fund in Scottsdale to work at a fund in New York. I won't say it was pretty decent salary. Plus the bonus was pretty on par with what it was, but obviously we've talked about, so you're living in New York, you know, you probably need about 10 grand a month to live, to live where, I mean, you could probably get away with less, but I'm just not going to sacrifice certain things. Right. Not to sound funny, but you know, (laughs) right. For sure. Yes. So so like, so going back to that, is it the, the, the concept I made, I'm talking to everybody as we go through this, when I created the company, I don't think people realize what you make in that world of like, you know, money management hedge fund is like way more than like where you are with education. And like some of these edu- educators do make a lot of money. And this guy's like, there's, I'm not going to name it. I don't even want to get in the work. I could care less about, you know, getting an internet work with those guys, but some of them make extremely well, a lot of money, but it's a freedom, right? I chose not to go back into this because of the freedom aspect. The cool thing was, I will say this the last one I worked at, you know, the guys, cause you were at the office here and there, but I could, I was pretty much free reign, right? They didn't like oh, yeah. me down. So that was a cool thing. Yeah. But so, so going back to entrepreneurism, it is a freedom thing. It's obviously the ability to do what you want. It is. I think, I think that's really the goal of every entrepreneur, right? I mean, you talk to people that are starting their own businesses or trading and you ask them, why, why are you doing the things you're doing? And most, most of them give you a superficial answer. Like, Oh, I want to, you know, I want to be rich. I want to buy a nice house or a nice car or whatever it is. But if you dig deeper and you really, really dig deeper, uh, you realize that it's really not those things. It's it's freedom. No, it's not freedom. at all. I mean, so not to interrupt you, but this is a good point I want to talk on. It's like yeah. I said it before. I'd rather make a hundred thousand dollars a year and live in Thailand 
and to be able to do what I want to make a million or $2 million a year and have to work 60 hours a week in New York oh, city yeah. or, you know, obviously we're in Los Angeles now we live in Los Angeles full time. No, hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. It's all about, I mean, relative income versus like absolute income, right? Like you said, you make a million dollars a year, but you're working hundred hours a week. I mean, people, and look, it, you know, what's funny is when I was younger, if you would have asked me that when I was like 2021, I'd be like, Oh hell yeah, let's do this. Right. I'm telling you as it's interesting, even it's being self-reflective on this. As I get older, you realize what you're willing to sacrifice. And not even sacrifice. Yeah. hundred percent. It's not like I still am not trying to hit those numbers and do those things. And obviously there's no, yeah, of course. But time, time is more valuable than money. Right. And like the older you get, the more you realize that. Like when you're younger, you just think in terms of money, money, money. And when you're older, you think in terms of more in time. So it's, um, it's a balance, right? Yeah, for sure. So that being said, obviously you're at Jacob Rommel now, you're on the real estate properties. One of the things I'm learning is Landshark is growing and we're expanding city to city and doing things is stepping back and letting people run and run, take roles on. So one thing I think would be a good thing to talk about is how do you run the real estate company? Cause you have eight properties or whatever it is. What seven. do you, seven. Okay. So who, you don't really see the day to day on it. So no, so some of them. Do. So I'll tell you, I mean, the way, the way that I make it all work, you know, you know, a lot of people ask me, they tell me it's, you know, not, not to my own horn, but a lot of people tell me, you know, I don't, they legitimately say, I do not know how you have the time for all this stuff. And the only way that I do have the time for it is by creating systems, right? So everything's a system, like the way I manage the real estate, the way I manage Bromwell and the, the other companies that I've been acquiring that throw off cash. It's just creating, systemizing it and fine tuning it so that it's as automated as possible. Um, and it makes all the difference, right? I mean, I have my parents, for example, they have a, a multifamily building with seven units or eight units. So it's essentially the same difference as having seven, seven single family residential properties. So they're spending 10 to 20 hours a week managing this, dealing with tenants, dealing with contractors, dealing with plumbing leaks and etc. Whereas I'm spending uh, one to two hours a week. So, you know, it's all about, it's all about how you, how you manage your time and, and setting up your investments so that they, they minimize your time investment. And so obviously with that, you pay a property manager and you do lose income from that. I don't, I self-manage. You do self-manage? Everything's self-managed. But so you be, I want you, what you were, you did test that though. I tested it, I tested it and it just wasn't worth it. It wasn't. It wasn't worth losing the 10% uh, an additional, you know, profit. But the difference was you created a process. A right. To- so without the process, if you, if without the process, it would be worth it. But if you can implement your own process, then you don't need it. So, so, you, have, so you have to have a process. You have to have a process. It's the same with Bromwell and all that stuff. Everything's a process, right? So it's, so most people like, there's uh there's an old saying, like AT&T, I think is credited for this quote. It's one of my favorite quotes. It's um, the system is the solution. AT&T. That was like one of their slogans for a while. And it's like, I try to implement that in everything I do is I try to look at it as a system and I try to create systems that run it so that instead of me running it, I'm just running the system. The system runs it. Okay. So this is really good. So, so I'll transition this into, Again, I really want to make the podcast 
because there's too many trading podcasts and I just got, if I'm going to be real blunt, I really want to make this like how you and I talk off air and you, a lot of people that know me, I'm pretty blunt and I get a little, <laughs> you know, like off air, I say things that are like, aren't, I mean, it's just not, that's pretty it's, funny. It's not going to fly on radio, right? Or podcast, but there's, everybody talks about trading. It's a, and if people, it's a big pet peeve of mine. Cause these guys are like, Oh, well, like there's all these lame trading quotes and, and talked. And it's, I just think it's for lack of order. It's bullshit. Right. And I just, cause I've yeah. never had to deal with that kind of stuff. So what I do want to discuss though, is you're, you're running this system. You're just not emotional. So with trading, it's real important. I, I swear this is the biggest thing I learned from my, the mentors or the people I work with. You are trading risk and it's risk management you are not every day you go in it's not a new decision you're just managing risk every day is a risk management process and when we put trades in i, I literally i'm just entering an order managing risk and that's literally all i do so it's never like and this is where a lot of great especially younger investors i see that are like all gun ho this is why a lot of them lose money when they start is they'll have a hundred thousand dollar account and eighty thousand dollars to go into one trade and it's like boom they lose and you're like, you have zero process or they hit or they hit. That's right, the worst thing. Jake. Yeah. So that, so like Jake, like Jake hit it and made all that money. Right. Right. But it's almost like, and that's not, not Jake necessarily, but it's almost a bad thing to have that happen because there's no process. You fall. And it inflates your ego. And then you think you're a genius. Yeah. Right. But you have to have a process in place. And I think going into trading, and this is real important, even for our students listening, I'm telling you guys, maybe I, and this is, it'll be cool for me to talk about this. I can open up and discuss it freely now is. When you're trading and investing, there's no sense of urgency because the process is always the same. Like I, and I'm going to talk about process. Let's go to keep discussion of processes and systems. Let me talk about my process for my trading week. Yeah. Right. So Sunday, and do my analysis. Right. And I figure out what I'm going to trade. I try to look for two or three ideas a week. And, and what's crazy is I'm on Twitter and I see and I, I kind of troll a lot of the. I mean, legitimately, you see me like, it's funny because I see a lot of these guys on Twitter and like every day they're like, posting, uh, they post a tweet like, oh, this stock's doing this. I'm like, dude, for sure. I know you, you didn't. don't hold back. Yeah. It's so funny. It's a, and for sure. The guy didn't trade that. And I actually offered a guy this week, a thousand dollars approved to me. Yeah. I go, if you traded that with more than 20, I'll give you a thousand dollars. And of course he did it. Right, so he right. didn't take the bet. I literally would have given him a thousand. He's in Scottsdale. I would have given him a grant. Right. But you see this stuff like this stock did this. I literally don't care. I follow two or three a week and I, I put enough capital behind those trades where I make my money. Right. And that's it. And you move on. And you move on. So my process becomes that. So I wake up in the morning and you ask, like, well, what, well, what do you do in trading? Look, I wake up in the LA right now. The time change sucks. In fact, I lived and worked at the family office out here for a while. And it's, I hated the time, but I wake up, I look at where the S&P opens five positions on let's say i'm long i want it to gap higher and I either trim the position i exit or i'm adding to a position and then i pretty much am done with the day like there's nothing else to my day so what would you say is the total time that you spent probably two hours in the morning right so i wake up you're up earlier than i am yeah well i mean back home in arizona vancouver i'm up at five right because it's yeah time's different but I wake up. So while I'm watching the market, I'm answering emails from Landshark, you know, working with our, our system. We have salespeople. My brother works with us. I mean, I'm managing our processes and I'm watching certain positions or if a position triggers, I put the position on. But it's not like, I'd say it's two hours a day, honestly. For trading. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or mo- it's more, mo- it's more, and I hate the word trade, which is a better word. I think it's more portfolio monitoring where I'm like, hey, 
if I'm nice. long Google, do I get out of this or right. do I add to it or am I to cut? The right, right, right. So that's pretty much a process for the day. That I say it, it's more, there's more time spending running the company than there is. Trading. It's funny that you use that now, like portfolio, would you say portfolio processing? Monitoring. Monitoring. As I, I think of this, I it, just to relate it to the business I run, like I, a lot of people say, like they, they refer to the company they run as I run it, I run it. I, I try to stay away from that verbiage because I don't want to run it. I let the systems run it and I manage those systems. Right. Right. So the system runs it. I manage the system. Anybody could manage the system. I could hire somebody to manage the system. In the case of my business, I choose to manage it. But anybody, any ordinary person could step into my shoes theoretically and manage those systems, which in turn run the business. And that's the smart. I mean, right. So, um, and I'm always curious to, obviously you at the USC. So, but where did you learn how to implement and design this? Well, I, I just got inspired by like some of the most successful companies in the world are systems oriented, systems driven businesses. And it's, I think it's like one of the major differentiators between run of the mill entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs who are extremely successful is they use systems, systems. to run the company. Yeah, that's a good, so, so look, right? good point on this too. And I'll talk yeah. about it because you know, running companies, whenever you meet like a real small business, it's super unorganized. There's no, oh, yeah. there's no corporate structure. Right. And it's like, if you want to complain about something, they're most likely just like F off. But if like, you know, we had an experience at hotel in LA recently. This week, oh yeah. Right. Well, there's such a major corporation that we call They're like, Oh, Hey, sorry about this. Here's a credit. Right. Cause there's a system and there's a process. See where like, if this occurs, the employee does this. Right. If this occurs, they do that. There's a process. There's a process. So just like, you know, when you go to a hotel, speaking of hotels, uh, the housekeeping services, right. They have a checklist of what they do. They go into the room, they change the sheets, they do, you know, a hundred different things. They have a checklist that they have to follow. They check everything off. They finish the room, they move on. It's a system. Yeah. They're not just in there to make every room look pretty in their own way. Right. So every room is is built identically the same way. Yeah. So that's the same thing with trading, so, right? Trading the market's the same. It's like, so if you have a system in place, you're just executing on that system. I, I will tell you this, is that where it goes awry or where you have issues, I'll talk about it. Trading is where you get emotional and you don't execute on the system. That's like the hardest thing. But once you implement a system, it you are trading the system. You're not trading you know, anything else or right, anything right. else. Yeah. So that's an interesting concept. Obviously uh, this is our first, po- first podcast. If you're just going halfway through this, uh, this is a long, short radio podcast that's sponsored by LandtruckEducation.com. Uh, LandtruckEducation.com is a school that teaches people how to invest and trade and manage the money in the markets, whether it's through futures, options, um, or stocks. We have campuses in Lexington, Kentucky, Vancouver, and Scottsdale, as soon as other cities coming as well. And obviously campuses online. So um, this is our very first podcast. I think it's very cool to talk about this. Um, this idea of systems and running a business and, and being an entrepreneur, because I think trading for sure is, it is kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Speaking we're in LA. Um, I don't want to say it's glorified. Trendy. Well, not trendy. I think it's like, I think there's so many movies about it that, um, it's almost romanticized. Oh yeah. Right. That's so like, it, it, it's like this and it's, it's not anything at all. What people think it, I'm telling you when you get to a point where it becomes 
Like for me, it's work now. Right. Like it's work. I, I don't do this. And it's funny because some people do this and they're like, oh, I'm a trader. Like, I'm just like, look, if I can make the amount of money I could trading in another business, I would do that. Right. And I still look to other businesses or ideas. I do this because I'm trying to make money. Not You're not drawn to the prestige or, or the, you know, the, the cachet of saying I'm a trader. No, I mean, obviously when I was younger, like 17, 18, like you, you sure. don't know shit about the market. Yeah. And like you watch Wall Street and you see these guys in suits in New York. You're like, oh man, right, like, right, right. you know how we were. We we're like, yeah, oh, it's yeah, so cool that you go into it. Yeah. And like, and I, I've been at that high, that pretty high levels of that. And you, and you, once you get behind those curtains, so to speak, it's nothing like what people think. It's, it's just business. It's just you're transacting, right? It's the same thing if we were on eBay selling items. Right, right. You know, but I, I think a lot of people get into that and get caught up in that. Yeah. I don't know. I see it. I, I hate the Twitter sphere and this. So I see it all the time with these guys. And it's like, it's funny to see how they kind of act. And I'm like, dude, that's just how I do that stuff. Oh, it's funny you say that. I mean, even like running your own business is romanticized in the movies and, and media. Uh, have you ever seen that movie, Tommy Boy? Yeah, yeah. Chris Farley. So like, you know, that, that company um, in that movie, that manufacturing company that they show is like, it's so romanticized as being like the dream of like having a big office and having a big warehouse and a ton of people working for you. And like, in reality, I mean, the most, some of the most successful entrepreneurs I've met steer away from that whole concept and try to keep a lean operation. Um, so. Well, I think the bigger you get, it's more corporatized. Yeah, exactly. And then there's more procedures and rules to follow, right? But right. Every, like, even with Landshark, we try to keep it lean. Right? Right. Even Bromwell. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't even if as Landshark grows, I don't want this company to get to a point where, and I'm not going to name names of major companies, but like, you know, if you go take their education, a, their, their corporate processes are so bad yeah. that like there's the human touch is gone. Right. Like if a student has a problem with us or like instructor, they can like email an instructor or like talk to another student. There's like that human feel is still there. Sure. Where it's like, if you, if you were called like a you know, business, I had an issue of business making today. And I called in and I was talking to these guys and it's like, they're, I know what they're going to say when I say something. Oh, we have to do this. And I'm like, can't you guys just handle that? There's a process. You're like, dude, like there's no way. Yeah. It should take this long, but it's so corporate. There's no personalized service. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's corporatized. There's a process. Right. She's like, right. well, we have to send you to this department, and that's super annoying. Yeah. And so, you know, me creating the Landshark company, I never wanted. I don't ever want it to get to that way. You know. No, that's great. That's a great philosophy for. for so service. yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think what else I can talk about as processes. I mean, as far as processes go in our our world. Um, I think as far as learning is a big process, I can talk about that is when students come in, I think one of the things we try to do is different than other companies is I, and you know me, I'm very introspective and I, I like, I like to look at a 30,000 foot fuel, any company, even as we look at, I want to look back and I want to see how everybody runs it. And I want, I just want to pay attention and see how they run it, what they do, what I, in my opinion, they do wrong. And where can you add value as an entrepreneur? So when I look at this space, and I really mean this, and some students have heard this spiel from me because I've talked to them on a personal level, but I was trying to figure out why the retail education space was really bad. And I, I, I still see it. I mean, I've been around this since 2000. Apologies. Yeah, you've been a long time. Oh, six, like 12 yeah. years, right? We didn't have the educators that we have now. There's so many of these guys. I mean, it's insane. It is insane. It's crazy. Like, yeah. Literally they're everywhere. They're everywhere. These kids yeah. are like, you'll see somebody make five grand. The kid's like got a website right. now. Right. And he's like, I'm teaching you how to yeah. trade. Yeah. I mean, 
it's it's so crazy. Social see, media has made it so easy. Crazy to see this. Yeah. So what I was trying to figure out was, was like, well, what's the difference to make actually people learn this? Like I'm teaching you right now, and right. I, I know for a fact, like, and you've tried this, like giving you the videos to watch on your own. Right. There's only so much you're going to learn from watching videos. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So we implemented a learning process, and it's funny because I went to Montessori. And it's funny when I was younger, I'm going to incorporate their process on this. You know, when you're like five or four, you go to Montessori. I didn't know what Montessori was, but as I got older, I'm like, why did my parents send me to Montessori? Right. There's obviously a learning process the way you teach. Right. right. I was like, oh, okay, okay. They're teaching you a story. So it's the same way. And I'm not saying, we're well, not comparing Landshark to Montessori. I don't think we're anywhere near <laughs> that level, right? But what I, am, what I am saying is that like, there is a way to teach people a very difficult subject. Right. In a way that I think literally anybody, whether they're 20 years old or 70 years old, can understand. Can understand it. Right. Right. And that's all process-based. It's okay. You, you watch videos before, you get live instruction, and then you, you hang out in this chat room that's 24-7, and you network with other people, and you learn, and you watch, and you see. Right. Right. And, I, and I, again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn on this, but I really want people to know I spent so much time. Now, you know this because you saw me build, build this company. Really watching. And seeing why people failed at doing this. I've seen I, I remember the day that, I mean, I was hanging out with you one time in Phoenix, and I remember the day I, I, came, to, I came to your house and you said, I'm going to start an education company. Yeah. I mean, I like vividly remember that moment. Here we are, like five years later, and you're killing it. So, yeah, I think that was interesting to see that from the side yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, I think the, the, the point is, is implementing processes is what really adjusted it made this company take what i'm actually to be truthfully candid with people on this is i'm very amazed when we first started this the way i taught people i had no idea how to teach or how to provide education properly is even some of them were successful when i first started it and i don't know i mean i if and some of them are still students right. i'm curious to see if they've retaken the course the way that their courses the way they are now how they're implemented if their success rate would have been increase or have been a shorter learning curve very interesting you know so yeah i think that's cool so i think obviously the processing is big um yeah i'm I'm trying to think what else what other projects do you have in the works right now as far as entrepreneurship goes well i mean everything you know i i use the example of uh like a plane taking off so when you start a company um you know the only way for a plane to get off the ground is to go full speed right so I think when you start a company, you got to go full speed and you got to give it your all and you got to be passionate, you know, and you got to give 200% to it. And so that's how it was with, uh, with the Bromel company that I'm, I started, uh, 2011 and the plane is, uh, at cruising altitude now, right? So it's cruising altitude. It's, it's, it's on autopilot. It doesn't take a whole lot of time to manage. And, uh, now I have more time to focus on, uh, on other planes so to speak and get them off the ground right and uh get you know try to get more and more planes in the air and just keep them on autopilot i like that analogy so, yeah i'm gonna steal that one that's a good one we use it in class this concept of planes really yeah for like so when targets get so the stock gets to like a, a cell zone yeah we talk about how like a plane's like landing people want to get off the plane fast yeah so there's kind of a mass rush exodus we kind of use that concept that's interesting yep yeah so <laughs> I definitely think that that's cool um, to discuss. I kind of lost my train. I thought of what I wanted to discuss. And there was a, a topic that you touched on. 
Now you're talking about systems, talking about processes. Now other oh, ventures. that's what I want to talk about. Well, not other ventures, but going back to this. So let's go back to like the, not to get too dark on it, but when you started like Bromwell, you know, even with like the company, yeah. I don't think people realize yeah. the amount of sacrifice it takes. I think, and I'll call this incubation period, the first 12 to 24 months. No, they don't. Remember how stressed we both were with this company? Well, we we started around the same time. Yeah. And I remember for both of us, it was a pretty dark time in our lives. Yeah. I mean. I just come back. So I was, for those of you know, I was working for a family office in Los Angeles. My dad got sick. I moved back to Arizona. I was making really good money in LA. I didn't like living out here. Um, I took a job at a Forex firm on their night desk, monitoring risk for them. Um, it just wasn't fun. Right. So I went from like making a lot of money to a lot less, but, but the cool thing was I did manage my money at that point. So that was interesting to me. And that's when I really transitioned to manage my own money and get into my own thing. Um, but I can't stress this enough. And I really want to point this out to people. And I, I hate to be like a preacher if you're listening to this, but, and I'm not too to my heart. The amount of hours that I spent when I was at the first fund learning this stuff was insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Charts for hours and hours. And I, I mean, literally Saturday morning, Sunday, I engrossed myself in finance oh, yeah. to get to the point where it was like, yeah. I, like you know, you hear like Arnold Schwarzenegger talk about how I actually don't listen to a lot, but we were in the gym the other day. I had the, his podcast. I don't know how I got to it on SoundCloud. But he was talking about how he wanted to be the best. And I'm not really the motivational thing at all. I just, I've always just done what it takes. And, you know, you just got to do what it takes. Right. But I think people don't realize you can be really good at anything. You just have to put them out of the, the yeah. time and screen time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, you look at like world famous athletes or whatever, the people that are the best in whatever they do. And ent- being an entrepreneur is no different. I mean, I want to be the best uh, entrepreneur or I want to be considered one of the best. And to do that, you have to have passion and dedication that is far, far superior to everybody else. Yeah. So. No question. Yeah. I will tell you this, even with the, this, this website, long and short radio and the podcast we're doing for those, I've had this domain for a year and a half. This is so it's taken me a year and a half to actually get this off the ground. So I want to express that again, being like real candid with this. I, it, it's taken me a while to do this. because I wasn't real passionate about this start, but now that we've kind of done the radio show, I'm like, this is, will be a cool idea. And people have asked for it. So I can always tell by this being our first one, I'm going to do a lot of these because this is really cool and I'm enjoying it. So it'll, it'll, it'll do well. <laughs> no, for sure. Wait, why is that funny? No, it's just, it's interesting to hear you say that. I mean, yeah, I've, I, I, this has been, this has been something you've been talking about for a while. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Very cool. Well, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there um, for the first podcast, unless you want to talk about anything else. No, that's it. All right. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, first podcast done out of the way. Um, Long Short Radio, sponsored by Landshark Education. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Obviously, it's our first one. Uh, we'll come back with another one. We'll, we'll try to get some ideas for this. We'll try to keep it pretty open. If you have ideas, send them in. Uh, we'll start producing them and getting them on the show. If you have any guest speakers you want to have on the show, let us know. Don't forget, on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, we have the radio show. You can tune in online and listen to that. Also, every Friday and Saturday, we have a free webinar you can attend at linesharkeducation.com to learn more. Uh, That's it. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. 
Thanks for listening to The Long Short Show. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And remember, you can get a 60-day guest pass by visiting LandSharkEducation.com.